God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So, we are in 2023. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we are considering striving for mastery. Striving for mastery. And it is our belief that in the course of the year, all that the Lord will be doing will be to bring us to this point. Amen. Amen. To bring us to this point where it is our natural disposition to strive to attain unto the price for which the Lord has called us. Amen. Amen. The Lord has called us to become something. And it is important that we understand that our life must be spent in becoming that thing. Hallelujah. Like the Bible says that we shall love the Lord our God with all our hearts with all our souls, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Hallelujah. With all our hearts. With all our hearts. With all our soul. With all our mind. With all our strength. Amen. And it begs the question then, how will we approach the other things in life? Because if all our hearts is going after the Lord, then how will we deal with the other things in life? Amen. Is it a good question? It's like it's a good question there. Yeah. But even though it looks like it's a good question, it's a question that is born out of a misunderstanding. Hallelujah. It's born out of a misunderstanding. We think that our hearts are given to us to seek other things also. Do you see? We think that our souls are given to us to seek other things also. And we think that our minds are given to us to seek other things also. Even our strength. But our hearts are given to us to seek the Lord alone. Hallelujah. 
all the other things that you think you should be seeking after, you are not supposed to be seeking after them. You are supposed to be engaging with them. See, there's a difference between engaging with and seeking after. When you seek after something, it means that you seek to possess it for it to become part of your person. In other words, you believe that without that thing, your person is not complete. Your person is not complete. That is why you are seeking after it. I know it's still not clear because we are meant to push after things. For instance, we are meant to push after financial prosperity, right? But you are not meant to seek after financial prosperity. You see, there is something that must be sought after so that when you push and you are trying to improve upon your finances, it will be legitimate. Hallelujah. For instance, nobody really looks for money for the sake of it. Nobody. There is not a person who looks for money for the sake of it. It is what the money means to the person. Do you understand that? Maybe for some of you, money means stability. Do you get it? Money means stability. Money means that you be proficient in everything because then you have what it takes to accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish. Money may mean to you strength. Do you see? Money may mean to you status because then with money, you will be placed on a certain pedestal in the sight of men. Hallelujah. Who just wants money for the sake of it? I've not seen anyone like that before. Even normally you want money to meet your needs, isn't it? Yeah. And at times your wants. Your wants are the things that are tied to some of these things. You see, status and all these things. Hallelujah. Yeah. So... When I say we, we are not meant to seek after these things, then you understand. Because we really don't seek after them in themselves. It is because we think that the money will give that thing to us. That is why we seek or we are chasing after the money. So when you see a person chasing for money, it is not money they are chasing for. It is what the money represents. Please, do you get it? It is what the money represents. Hallelujah. Just that outwardly, they seem to be chasing after the money. But inwardly, they are chasing for what the money represents. Hallelujah. Now, I'm saying that what the money represents to you, that makes you chase after the money. The Lord must represent that thing to you. In other words, the Lord and your life in him must represent to you stability beyond the stability that you think money will offer. Because ultimately, money does not offer stability. It seems as though it will offer it, but it does not. Hallelujah. That is a deception that is in the world. All the things in the world, they promise something, but it is like a mirage. When you get there, then you discover that you wish you could add more. 
Somebody feels like if only they could get to the top, then they can calm down. Because then to them, the top represents stability, right? Then you get to the top and you discover that to be at the top means that constantly somebody is trying to take you out so that they can be on the top. So it's not like when you get to the top, then you become comfortable. When you get to the top, it presents its own stress. So you are thinking that you are going to get away from the stress of life by getting to the top. Like some of you, when you were in school, you thought that you should just pass out of school. You'll be delivered from the stress of life. And we told you that the stress of life is more out of school than in school, you see. But you didn't believe. Because all that you could see was what you were facing when you were in school. But some of you that have come out of school, what do you think? Do you think that school, some of you want to go back to school? That's why many people come into the world after school. They around a while, and then you meet them, they say, what do you want to do? They say, I want to go back to school. <laughs> because it's like, hey, what am I seeing? Let me run back <laughs> to my comfort zone. So when you step out into the world, you discover that, oh, so school actually was your comfort zone. But as you're in school, many things, you thought, ah, we should just, like, there's more sleep after death. We should just finish school. We'll have time to rest. Then you realize that you can finish school, and sigh, when you were in school, you were actually resting. You were really well rested. Hallelujah. Or it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, some of you wanted to grow up, right? And as you have grown up, you realize that, no, because you associated growing up with being able to eat what you want, right, and do what you want, but you did not realize the responsibility that goes with it. So it's the responsibility that makes you say, hey, Sophie, I'm sure that you respect your parents, because you and your spouse and your one child or two children, when you eat in the morning, a lot goes away. Then you eat in the afternoon and a lot goes away. Then in the evening, one week, you put money there, you pull, pull, right? You pull, pull. It's like there's a certain dwarf <laughs> in your house that is taking your money. Do you understand? Yeah. But when you were young, your mother said, oh, can you scour my bag? It's like the bag was this bottomless <laughs> bank that always something is in it. You go and bring it. You go and bring it. You go and bring it. And people, oh, you were like eight, nine in the house. And everybody will eat in the morning. Everybody will eat in the afternoon. And everybody will eat in the evening. Do you see? You realize that no. It wasn't a joke. But your mother was walking around normally, right? Yeah. So you thought that, oh, okay. Then that's how it is. You don't realize that I'm walking around normally. <laughs> you get it. And then inside, you are stressed. So if you all that you knew was that Christmas has come and they've bought things and they've presented it to you, right? This Christmas, if you had not maybe pulled yourself together, maybe your own children that you have, have maybe it would have passed. I know my house and what's happened there. It's like the Christmas was passing and we're moving on. Or you you couldn't even get anything for your own self. The thing just passed. Do you understand that? But now they'll bring, I tell you, I'm even unhappy that maybe they brought just two dresses and one shoe. Do you see? Where is the money coming from? Okay, those times, 
life was easier, right? No. So at times we make the assumption that if only we could break away from this place in the world to this other place in the world, we will be fine. But it's not true. It's not true. So nothing in the world is able to present. You can't look for stability. You can't look for strength. Okay? You can't look for these things by following after anything that is in the world. It is not, like Paul said, the things that are in the world, they are temporal. They are subject to change. It's too much. The change that they are subject to is too much. Hallelujah. It's too much. So you find that as you are trying to pursue such things in the world, you have to also try to make sure that you control the world. Do you see? Can you control the world? But you try. You try to control because if you can control the world, then what you have obtained in the world will be stable for you. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So my point is that really we must seek the Lord with all our hearts. Even as we engage in this world, what we must really be seeking is the Lord. If you feel like you must divide your heart and seek something else other than the Lord, you are after what is evil. So this statement is not a drastic statement. It is a real statement. It is actually how things ought to work. All our hearts must seek after the Lord, must love the Lord. All our souls must love the Lord. So how will I then love my family if all of it goes to the Lord, right? No, you are actually going to be able to love your family if you love the Lord with all your heart. Because it is not you that must love your family. It is the Lord that loves your family and wants to love your family through you. Huh? If you give all your heart to the Lord to love him, it means that his will becomes your will, then the Lord can love your family through you. You are not the one to love your family. Because what is in you that you call love is not love. If you are allowed to love your family, you will destroy your family. Hallelujah. Please, you understand that? You destroy your family. You must always understand this, that if I'm going to love you, it is the Lord that wants to love you. He is going to love you through surrendering my will to him. That is how it works. So you don't need part of your heart reserved for your family. All of your heart must go to the Lord. Hallelujah. All of your heart must go to, how can I then build my business? This is easy. All of your heart must go to the Lord. What you think you are doing, if it is not the Lord that wants to do it through you, then I don't know why you want to do it. Hallelujah. If it does not fall within the uses that the Lord calls uses, because if anything that the Lord calls uses, it is the Lord that wants to do it. Hallelujah. You see, when the man came to Jesus and said, good teacher, Jesus said, there is none good apart from God. Why? Because it is the divine that is always good. So if there is a human being who seems to be doing that which is good, it is the divine that is good who is representing in that human being. Please, you get it. 
If there is any righteousness, it is the Lord that is righteous in a man to produce that righteousness. Hallelujah. So if anything that you are doing, including some of the natural things you are engaging in, if you consider that these things are good and they fall within the spectrum of goodness, somewhere in that spectrum, if they fall within it, then it is the Lord that must do it through you. So then still, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength must be given to the Lord. Hallelujah. So we then come to the understanding that we really cannot do anything except we are given to the Lord. Hallelujah. We really cannot do anything except we are given to the Lord because we were made for such. It is not that when it comes to some spiritual things, then the Lord must work through us. When it comes to all things of this life, the Lord must work through us. Beginning from first principles, the Lord must work through us. So we must really love the Lord with all our hearts. You see, what makes this thing, those who find this statement like difficult to accept totally, okay? It is because you will want to, from time to time, branch away from the will of God and to do what will satisfy you. You see, that desire, when it hides itself in your heart, it manifests in you not being comfortable with such simple statements. It is like the apostles, when they came to Jesus and said, how many times should we forgive a person if the person sins against us? Meanwhile, the teaching is that forgive the one that wrongs you. Must you ask how many times? It seems that it's too much, right? It's too much to have this as the statement. There must be something qualifying it. Why do you want to qualify it? Because you feel like there's a time when you don't have to forgive a person. So you are looking for a leeway out of it. In the same way, when we feel like to love the Lord with all our hearts and the Lord being our focus, when we feel like it is too much and it is too drastic, it means that we have a love for the world that is hiding within our hearts that manifests itself in we not being totally comfortable with such a statement that we must love the Lord with all our hearts. So it is not the statement that is problematic. It is not that another place in the scripture will explain this statement better. This statement, that is all that it is. Love the Lord with all your heart. So we shouldn't look at human beings. You can only look at human beings through the heart of God. Wow. What do you think? Imagine I look at you constantly through the heart of God. Will you be happy? You'll be happy, right? You will know that then I will do well towards you all the time, right? So why not also take that as your own responsibility? Well, if you are the receiving and you enjoy it, that should tell you that, okay, then you too, it is better that you view everyone through the heart of God. So that if then you can love the Lord with all your heart, then you will be able to place yourself in the position to actually love people with the love of God. Anyone that loves God with their heart means that their will is totally surrendered to the will of God. If your will is surrendered to the will of God, then God's will can be accomplished through you. 
So this being able to love the Lord with all our hearts, being able to love the Lord with all our souls, with all our mind, with all our strength, makes us into something. It turns us into what we call vessels of God. Now, this thing that it turns us into is the mastery that Paul talks about. That we are striving for mastery. Hallelujah. That is the price. That is what we are fighting to become. That's the place that we are fighting very hard to come to. Because that is what we have been called to become. That's what we have been called to become. That's why we are fighting. That's why we are pushing. That's why we are struggling so that we will always be pushing hard towards this particular price to come to the place where we love the Lord with all our hearts, where we love the Lord with all our soul, where we love the Lord with all our mind, where we love the Lord with all our strength. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Hallelujah. Now they do it to obtain a what? A corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now in the scriptures, crowns speak of wisdom. Now this wisdom is not the external wisdom that is found in the memory of a man. It is the internal wisdom, the wisdom that is spiritually obtained, not materially obtained through preaching like this. No, you can be taught or preached to to come to the place of wisdom. You can gather understanding in the natural, but spiritual wisdom comes when you apply yourself to the truth that you have been taught. Then the truth is no more a revelation to you from the material, but from the Lord through the Spirit. Now that is to be crowned. Okay, that is to have that crown. Now, that crown, it is preceded by the transformed heart. So, before you come to that place of wisdom, your will must be surrendered to the will of God. Hallelujah. Now, the one that is in this wisdom, which here Paul is saying, the incorruptible crown, the one that is in this wisdom is the one that is able to work for God and bring forth the works of God. Hallelujah. Because wisdom is means, right? Means, means, means. So if then the wisdom of God is able to find a place in your own spirit, then you become a tool in the hand of God to produce godly results. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying these people are striving for a corruptible crown, but we are striving for an incorruptible crown. Hallelujah. That's what we are striving for, an incorruptible crown. The next verse. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that does what? Beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into what? Subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be what? A castaway to be found to have fallen short of that very price that we are all trying to come to. So this dedication to strive after this price is because we know that that is how we come to our full potential as human beings. That's how we come to our potential. That's how we come to our potential. 
Amen. So this thing that we must strive for, this mastery, is not for some people. It's all of us, our calling. Paul calls it the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a high calling. And that is what we fight. Now, we strive because we are not in line, okay, in ourselves. We are not in line to be this way, to attain unto this thing. Hallelujah. It is like the one that is preparing for a race. The reason why he's training and preparing himself is that himself that he's looking at at the time cannot run the race. Do you see? That's why we prepare. That's why we train. It is because when we look at where we stand, we are inadequate. We don't have what it takes to run the race successfully. And every practice, every training is to deal with that part of us that makes us inadequate when it comes to running the race. That is what training is. Training means that you are dealing with that part of you that makes you inadequate. And that is why it's a strife. Because that part of you does not also go easily. Hallelujah. And it seeks to exert itself. It seeks to force itself into dominance in your life. It seeks to do that. And that is why it's a strife. Hallelujah. That is why it's a strife. And this morning, I want to share with us the strife concerning time. Time. Hallelujah. Time. The strife concerning time. Now, time is an interesting factor. Time is an interesting factor in our lives. When we look at it on the natural, we have 24 hours in a day, right? 24 hours in a day. It means that we have 24 hours to do what we want to do in a particular day. Hallelujah. 24 hours to do what we want to do in a particular day. And what we normally do is that we commit time to the things that are important to us. Amen. We commit time to the things that are important to us. So anything that is important to us, we commit time to it. And we commit less time to the things that are not so important to us. Amen. So we divide our time according to what is important and what is not important. Now, what is important to us is also determined by what it is that our hearts are really after. So what it is that we are striving for, what it is that we are trying to achieve, then determines what is important to us. Hallelujah. So for instance, if you are trying to achieve financial prosperity, you will find that you commit a lot of your available time to making sure that this dream that you have, which is financial prosperity, comes to fruition. So what it is that you are after will determine the time that you commit to it. Hallelujah. So if you even feel a strong desire for something, but you also find that you never seem to commit the necessary time that you need to commit to it, then you have to question that desire that you have. 
That desire is what is called the initial desire. The initial desire is so that it can be lost if it is not grounded by the steps that are required to make it stay. So everybody can have flashes of desire when they are brought into a certain state by the Lord. But that state that the Lord brings us into is a state of temporary revelation, a state of temporary awareness of what it is that we could become. He excites our interest in a certain direction, but it is temporary. It is temporary because we do not have in us yet what it takes to sustain such desire. But the Lord is stirring it up in us so that we can make the journey to the place where that desire can be sustained in us and become permanent in us. Amen. So if the Lord stirs it in us, for instance, we talk about mastery. What the Lord is doing is that he is stirring in us the desire to become something great in the Lord. You understand that? But that desire that he is stirring in you is a temporary thing. Because it is only there for you to latch onto it. If you don't latch onto it and begin to run with it, you will lose it. You will lose it because as you are not in that state, it means that you are in a contrary state. And that contrary state is such that it will always return to its proper location. In other words, if God opened the door for you to see something quickly, the state that you are in, which represents a shut door, means that that door that God opened, as he opened it, it begins to close again. Hallelujah. You understand that? So God will open a door quickly for you to, hey, this is possible. But your state is said that the moment that door is open, that door begins to close. Please you understand that? Now, if you take that inspiration or if you take that directive or excitement that God puts in your heart and you begin to strive with it, now you begin to hold the door opened. And if you succeed in striving with it, then that door becomes a permanently opened door. And that's what God does for us. He excites us. He shows us what is possible. We become excited. Now, we are not in that state. He gives us a chance to peek into what is possible. We must come to the place where what is possible becomes our default state. If we get to that state, we constantly see what is possible. If we don't get to that state, then what is possible that we saw before the door shuts, then it's as though we never saw it. So now we strive so that we can become people who can sustain within us what it is that the Lord showed us. We strive for that. Hallelujah. Now, if God then shows you such a thing, the way to strive for it is to begin to commit your time to doing the things that you must do in order to keep this door opened. The way to show that you are not striving for it is to return to how you were using your time before. Hallelujah. So for instance, when you come to church and the Lord opens your eye to a reality, to sustain that reality, it must result in a change in how you are using your time. Because how you are using your time, it shows you what you consider to be important. And what you consider to be important shows you what it is that your heart is after. Hallelujah. So if then God teaches you about mastery, then it means that 
in order to strive for this mastery, the way you were using your time before God taught you this thing must change. If you go back to going through your day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day in the week, like the way you did it, before God showed you what you have discovered, the door that God opened, that door will close. Within a short time, you find that it is as though you were never taught what it is that you have been taught. So if God comes to you, adjustment must be made. Hallelujah. And the adjustment begins from what it is that you are using your time for. In other words, you begin to collect your time from certain things. Because everybody's time is already committed. Because we are already searching after things before God comes. Hallelujah. So you begin to collect your time from certain things. You begin to collect your time from the things that are not correct so that you can focus that time on this new project that God has given to you. Hallelujah. You can focus that time on this new project that the Lord has given to you. If you don't take time from other things and focus it on this pursuit, the excitement that came into your heart initially will be lost. Hallelujah. Now, what makes it a struggle is that you will not easily reclaim your time from something. Because that thing that you are doing with your time is not just that you are using time for it. It is because that is what you want and that is why you are spending your time on it. Your time is your currency, right? You are using the time on that thing so you can get something from it. That thing that you are trying to get is what you are really after. So if you are going to then take away your time from that thing, then you are also going to have to give up that result that committing your time to that thing is giving you. So you are going to have to give up what you love by giving up the time you commit to it so that you can commit that time to what it is that God is showing you. Hallelujah. Please do you understand that. The moment you hear what God is showing you and God shows you what is possible with you and you return to your old time, the old time, you return to that old time, you must understand that what God has shown you will not be possible. That is why when God shows you what is possible, he begins to show you also what you could do. And you find that this thing that you could do, it means that you have to take time and do it. Hallelujah. You have to take time and do it. You have to take time from something and do it. When you say that there is no time for it, it's not a sign that there is no time for it. It's a sign that you are so much connected to the things that have taken your time that you are unable to give up the results you are getting from those things. So you can come and get results in God. But our pursuit of God must also be with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our mind, and with all our strength. So it cannot be that what God is saying you must go after, there is no time in this world for it. It is not possible. Hallelujah. It is not possible. It is not possible that there is no time to pursue God. It is not possible that there is no time to invest in searching after God. It is not possible. It is not possible. Hallelujah. 
So we must first understand that if we are going to strive after the Lord, then the way we are using our time ought to change. Then time must represent to us an opportunity to make spiritual investments or to make canal temporal investment. Time will represent to us that opportunity to make spiritual investments. Hallelujah. So if you are looking for time, you are looking for opportunity to make such investments, such spiritual investments. So the way you are using your time, what are you doing with yourself in a day? When you are there, what are you doing? What are you committing yourself? There is no time. It's not true. You and I know it's not true. Hallelujah. You and I know it's not true. There is time. Hallelujah. There is time. There is time. There is time. And it is actually said that all your 24 hours are supposed to be for the Lord. And I'm sure we'll get to explain that. There is time. There is time. For instance, as we did our special program at the end of the year, we got to know the theme for the year. You have had one week, right? Those that have made progress in what it is that they gained from the end of the year, those that have made progress are those who changed the use of their time. If you went to settle into your life as it was before the special program, you have lost a chunk of what it is that you gain. Now, it is not the information you have lost. It is the thing that God showed you that you were supposed to ride with, that is what you have lost. That edge is what you have lost. And you have lost it because you took it and went to settle in your old life. Amen. When a new wine is coming, the aim is that the wine skin or the wine bottle must be changed, isn't it? If the wine bottle is changed, then the new wine can be sustained in the wine bottle. Hallelujah. So what you are going to do, first of all, what you are going to do from today will determine whether this tearing that is coming to you through the word of God will be sustained or not. And a sign that you are wasting the grace of God is to keep receiving the word of God without making adjustments as to the time that you are committing to things in your life. Amen. So we can start by basic things. What are the useless things that you are committing to? When I say useless things, it's not totally useless. You can make an argument for it. Do you understand? But again, compared to seeking the Lord, what will you do? You know, some things you do that when you don't have anything to do, right? That's what it seems like. When you don't have anything to do, anything valuable to do. Generally, what happens is that those of us who are working, a lot of our time, natural time, is taken away by our employer. Do you see? So let's say eight hours of your day is taken by your employer. Do you see? So that one is gone. Before you sign the contract and your employer takes that, 
Monday to Friday and at times to Saturday. Now, what you have is what comes afterwards. For some of us, our life is that the time that our employer is not taking away, we are using that time for useless things. Hallelujah. Like when you settle down from work, that's when you feel like you must now finish your series that you are watching before, right? Because you feel like now you have come on break, you see, and your actual productive time is the one that your employer is taking away from you. So as now you have come from work. So some of you, you really believe that you are really working hard and you are not doing anything wrong because you are measuring your commitment in terms of how you are living your life based on the fact that you are very true to your employer in terms of giving your employer what it is that he or she is asking for from you. Then when you come home, the rest of your time is wasted on useless things. Hallelujah. The rest of your time is wasted on useless things. That's when you engage in useless things and you eventually find out that there is no time for pursuing what it is that the Lord wants you to pursue. Hallelujah. But we are going to take it back. Your employers own, you can't take it because you have signed the agreement and it is okay. The Lord endorses that. Amen. But the rest, the rest, because if you say you sleep eight hours a day, right? If you sleep eight hours a day, you are left with what? Further eight hours. What do you think? Am I? Yeah. Literally speaking, if out of those eight hours, God can get three hours from it. Literally. Is it too much? <gasps> what will I do with all these three hours? Seeking the Lord. It's a discipline. See, the reason why you don't know what you do with it is that your old self will fight you as you are reclaiming this time. Because that time was used for some other things. You understand? So as you are reclaiming it, your old self will fight. And one of the things that will be used to fight you is that is that you are going to lose happiness. But no, when you succeed, listen, when you succeed in taking away this time, you will find happiness in utilizing this time to pursue the Lord. You find happiness. Hallelujah. You see, I've already told you that what you spend your time on determines where your heart is. You understand that? But I'm also going to make a point in addition to it. Because then we come to the quality of the time. The quality of the time. Now, the quality of the time is not then measured in the number of hours. It is measured in the heart pursuit within that time. Please you understand that? It's measured in the heart pursuit within that time. Now, that heart pursuit within that time makes it possible for you to commit all your 24 hours to the Lord. Because then, what happens is that your eight hours that is given to your boss to go and work, huh? that is pure eight hours to pursue divine uses in the context of your workplace. Listen. That is pure eight hours to pursue divine uses. Because even though outwardly you gave eight hours to your boss, you must pursue what is divine. I've already explained this. You must pursue what is divine. In other words, whatever you think you're going to do for your boss, it is better if the Lord does it through you. 
Hallelujah. If the Lord is going to do it through you, then its foundation will be that of love. Love for the common good, fairness, integrity, such things. Being truthful, being honest in your dealings. These are the virtues that you are going to use in your eight hours of work. Hallelujah. So your eight hours of work that you have in a day is so that you can make practice of the thing that you have spent your time trying to understand from the Lord. Hallelujah. Please understand that. It is to make practice of these things. So in other words, even when you are wherever you work, whatever you are doing, it is a certain heart and a certain mind that must drive it. So your pursuit for the Lord in your eight hours given to your boss must have the foundation of love and wisdom that comes from the Lord before the lower wisdoms with which you use to work in that particular field. Every field you are working in, yeah, the wisdom you use to work is very low wisdom. In terms of the human being and where wisdom comes from, this wisdom we use to work in the world is coming from the very low part of us. But there are higher wisdoms that must be embedded in the lower wisdoms so that the lower wisdoms will be divinely motivated. Hallelujah. In that case, then anyone who goes to work with this mentality goes to do the work of the Lord. In other words, then the Lord becomes his first employer. Hallelujah. Before his boss. That's when to treat your boss right, to treat the work that you are doing in the right way, and all that becomes a worship to the Lord, and not as a way of making your boss see that you are something. You need a reward. Hallelujah. Please you understand that. So now these eight hours of yours, according to the quality of the time itself, can be used now to pursue divine uses. That is when even in interacting with your colleagues at work, even though you are interacting and being nice and dealing well to build teamwork, you are also within your heart seeking their soul and the prosperity of their soul. Because it is not possible for one who is yielded to God, all of us are yielded to God, to look at a human being and see the outer part of the human being alone. Any man that is yielded to the Lord sees the soul of the other man first. Because when God deals with us, it is our soul that he sees first. He does not see our bodies first. It is our souls. Anyone whose heart is totally given to the Lord also sees the soul of another man first. So then you begin to bear the burden of the souls of the people that you are working with in your workplace. Eight hours to do the Lord's work. Hallelujah. Eight hours you use it to sleep. Sleep is good, right? The remaining eight hours, you can use it for many things. Because now, you must commit time to also learning. Because if you are going to be useful to the Lord, you can't just rise up and be useful to the Lord in your workplace. Because as you are trying to be useful to the Lord, there are also people that are trying to be useful to Satan. And actually, there's going to be a clash. So you have to have the understanding. You have to know how God operates. You have to even know what God requires of you and the transformation that you yourself ought to undergo. So, for instance, instead of returning from your workplace to feel sorry for yourself about certain happenings that happen in your workplace, you could return from your workplace. When you perceive the happenings well, you could return from your workplace to improve upon yourself. Hallelujah. To improve upon your heart, to improve upon your understanding as to how to handle your own heart. Hallelujah. Because the thing that happened there, your problem is not the outward things. 
Your problem is your heart. Your problem is your mind in the thing that happened in your workplace. So you can come from your workplace very sad, very whatever, and you may come and sit there and talk, talk and move on with your life. Or you could come and seek an understanding so that you could now go to your workplace the next day to do better. What do you think? Yeah. This, for instance, what I'm doing to you is my work, right? But the requirement is that when I go back from here, I should seek a greater understanding concerning the outcome of my work as I'm preaching to you. So that I can improve upon my own self, which is my heart and my mind, so that I can now deliver in a better way. Is that not how it works? The same way, that's how you should also return from your work. You see, but it won't come to you because you think that when you come from work, you come and wait and go tomorrow, right? Yeah. Or you come from school. You come and wait and go tomorrow. No. If it is with all our hearts, if something is bothering you, where it is source? If something is bothering you from where, where is the source? Is the source from someone else? No. The source is from your own heart. The source is from your own heart. So in terms of things to study itself, you will have to be studying to understand how things work according to the ways of God. The beautiful thing is that you are in church, so you are being taught. Hallelujah. So then you can give yourself to the things that you are being taught in a way. You see, anybody that studies these things as one who wants to practice them ascends in them. Even your understanding of what you are studying is so marvelous. So you can give yourself to these things. So that's when, when you come home and you eat, as you are eating, you are not just eating and sitting around. You want to finish eating so that you can open somewhere. It's like somebody that went to speak English and said some words that later realized they are not correct English. You understand? And when you come home, you quickly want to open the dictionary to check to see if these words that you used, they were correct, right? Yeah, or you went to do an exam and you come home. You want to check in your notebook, right? So you are eating, but you want to cross-check a few things. And in your cross-checking, you want to even go on to build more understanding so that you can do better because then tomorrow you'll be back on the field. Hallelujah. Working for God, giving all your heart to God on the field as well. You see, so actually to study the scriptures, to study the word of God, is not something that you have to go out of your way to do if you understand this life that you are living in this world, it's something that is a necessity. Because how else will you understand life? How else will you understand life? And this is just in relation to what is happening in your workplace. What about what is happening in your marriage? What about what is happening with your friend? You need to understand the wisdom of God concerning these things. So you must give yourself to it. Then you also understand that in all of this, because God is working through you, when God walked the earth, he shows us what he is first and foremost. What he is first and foremost, that he's a preacher and a teacher. Hallelujah. So you also, you understand that in the midst of all of this, you are also a preacher and a teacher. That's why you are seeking the soul. Because if you seek the soul of somebody, the only thing you can do to help that soul is to preach to that soul. There's nothing else. Because so you pray for that soul. If a soul is standing before you that you can't talk to, and you run away to go and pray for that soul, you understand that? So you can escape talking to that soul. No. If you want to go and pray for that soul, you pray and come and talk to that soul, right? If the soul is a soul that you don't have access to find, then your only option is to pray for that soul. 
But even that one, there's a teaching element in it, but it's spiritual. Because their prayer itself becomes the casting of spiritual sphere to that soul. Do you understand that? But you can't just walk around and not see that if you are going to look for the good of a soul, then it is a preacher that you must become. Hallelujah. So you are not also then going to only study the word of God so you can do better at your workplace for yourself. So you don't mess up and disgrace God. So you walk worthy of the Lord. You're also going to have to understand the thing in such a way that you can also preach it to whoever you come into contact with. Hey, is the 24 hours finished? <laughs> you see, my point is that automatically some things they reduce, right? Some things they tell you, Uchma, Ichma, Enichma, Echma. When I was young, that was my trademark. And our roaming was like traveling. It's not like, oh, you went to the next door and you came and like, can travel from here to like maybe the mall. Like six years, seven years, eight years old. You see, we'll be walking, we'll be doing things. We used to change. Some of us, that's how we are. You change the Yes, I act nasty. You get it. And you want your masia. Who need your masia? Run your masia. I act nasty. It's nasty. It's not like tenacity for tenacity in sick. If you determine what you have to do now, who bet tenacity? Do you get it? Who bet tenacity? You sit down because you realize that time is going. And at time, even you are trying to it's like squeeze time here and there. Sometimes you have to go somewhere, but as you are going, you are doing something in the going. Do you understand? Because it's like the place you have to go, but you still have to do something because time is going. Hallelujah. So you have to sit down. Do you understand? And then try to learn. Then we'll limit the chin. The chin, maybe the chin, two hours. But I realize it's a chin, 30 minutes. Yes, and then we say, okay, you are compressing the chin to 30 minutes. The chin, so I am here. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. You have to understand. A chin, me, I won't trade my chin as a child for anything. Because the fact that I wasn't an indoor child when I was growing up, to me, I like it. Do you get it? Then they would chase us. We go and steal ties. Then they would chase us. We did. We got hurt. Hey, we used to get hurt too. This is my palm inside. I used to fall a lot. Like, even when I was old, my mother used to tell me, I'm a 9G form. So it's like, I'm a bad. So my palm inside, always there was a sword there. And our legs, if we move, I said, black, black. If we were fair, it would have been worse. Yeah, it is. So there's a place for it, you see. But see, we talked about being temperate, right? Uh huh. Talked about being temperate. So then you realize that you don't have time for it. Some of us, we like some conversations. You didn't You see, your class page, you follow, 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 you follow. Near another page. You say, a full page. A suja full page. You follow, you follow, you follow. But you know the interesting thing? When you come to your phone, the page that the numbers increase without you following a lot is the church page. 
Hey! Do you see? It's like if you go there, something good will happen to you, so you don't want to go there. <laughs> they are on roaming on such. I mean, you know why I don't like to roam on such pages? The investment. You see, the investment. You see, you realize I'm not just talking about time in terms of the passage of the day. You get it? But what is going on? There's a certain investment that is required. You start caring about certain things, and I don't want to do that. Do you see? So I won't follow those things. So at times it builds up, uh, they will come and press it. Then we start again. Then it builds up, uh, they will come and press it. If there was time, I'm sure we'll look at it and because at least it's nice to follow what is going on. Yes. But the reality is that the time is for some other things. So you need time for such things here. Maybe one day, one day, you sit there, you see, and you follow a few, right? And then you continue with your life. But you can't commit yourself to these things whilst something else is suffering. See, you have to learn to sit down without doing anything too. That one too, you need it. Do you understand? You have to sit down without doing anything. I don't know. The thing that you have learned to form it into a cohesive unit. You can't be reading and acquiring information and at the same time be able to form that information into a cohesive unit. It's not possible. So what God does is that there's a time for us to learn. So he brings something we need to understand. And if you follow this, it will become like a timetable. I'm telling you, to become like, hey, me and God, we have a special destiny now. That's how it will become. Just follow it consistently. You find out that God will show you what to learn. God, in the beginning, God will show you. Or when God shows you, you won't see. So it will be like you are on your own. But you know what you don't understand, right? You know what you don't get. Start from there. When you see that, ah, you have slept. How many of you have tried to read and then you slept before? Wow, see, you see my hand is also up, yeah. So when you wake up, then you do what? You continue. How many of you have tried to listen to a message and you slept before? Yeah, at times I'm even betting on it. That's because when you enter your sleep with a message, it's nice. So, meet my hand is up. So you sleep, but you wake up and you continue. And I, yeah, you wake up and you continue. You now come to the place where you can stay with your eyes open. Once the message has ended, you don't feel sleepy. You learn for hours. You learn for hours. You see, one of the differences between you and I, okay, is that I've committed hours. You'll be shocked. That part you won't know. Because the truth is that for many of the times, eh, I don't know whether it's good or not, but many of the time, I'm hiding what I'm doing. Like, hiding like, it's very difficult to know, okay? And in fact, it began with a certain reason for it, okay? We're coming from a place where everybody wanted to show somebody that, Charlie, I pray for three hours, so. Yeah, and so we also then went the other way where, then it's like we don't pray, you understand? But we pray. Okay, so look, have you had that teacher that almost everything you know that teacher has been there? Like, you find the book you are in, the teacher has read the book before. You find something you are thinking, the teacher has been there to you. Look, it does not take just 
a few minutes of looking into something and walking away. It takes hours of commitment to learning, to learning, to learning, to learning. See, that's the difference between me preaching to you and you sitting there listening. I've committed hours, not for one month, for years. Now, this is now I'm talking to you, right? This is now I'm sharing with you. The time that I discovered them and the time that I started actually to teach them, it was a while. So I actually was looking into these things for a long time without preaching them. You understand that? And all those times, it was hours from the time that I was on campus doing Hakitu to the time I finished, I was doing national service. Hours. 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 Like hours. It's not two minutes, then you move on. No. Hours. Four hours. Five hours. A whole day. You just turn on your back because when you're young, huh? then you just stay there. Then you feel, hey! You don't understand something. Then you turn and then you look again. Hours. It's not by, ah, automatic. So you look at me and you tell me, oh, maybe it's a special grace, right? It's not. Of course, there's a special grace element to but that's not this one. It's commitment to understand. And it's because I felt I had the responsibility. Please understand that. Now, what responsibility do you also have? That will make you commit hours to trying to understand. Commit hours. Not to look at something and then continue. Like maybe you are stepping out of the house and you remember, hey, I've not read something. Like, okay, okay, okay. John, uh, then you read it. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Then you continue. No. Hours. When I was in SS, the normal time for learning was what? Prep, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't let it do prep. It's a prep that you share there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I remember when I went to Form 1, first term, I went for mining. I did mining. Uh, hey, oh, before Friday, I was about school. Then I finished first term. From second term, they going, I stopped doing the mining. And I didn't do mining again until I finished school. I just learned every prep, right? Prep was prep yeah, one hour, two hours, two hours, yes. So every prep, every prep, every prep. Every, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then Saturday and Sunday. So I'm trying to show you a wisdom in this. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday after inspection, what's the prep? Man? You go and sleep, right? Then when we finish at 12 o'clock, from 12 o'clock to like 6, 7, 8, learning. So like 8 hours, Sunday, the same thing. Then Monday, 7 to 9. Is it 7 to 9? 7 to 9. 7 to 9. It's for a reason. Because 7 to 9 is what you can get. Yes, so that's what you use. But there are times in our lives that we can do the long hours. So as I'm saying, hours, hours. I'm not saying that. Monday, you sit behind a certain book for 10 hours. Say, hey, I forgot to go to work, but I'm still doing the Lord's work, so it's okay. No, you have to go to work. Do you understand that? So when you come back, you eat, you sit there. By the time you finish, you have prep kind of time. So you use it to learn. Do you understand? But there are times, especially weekends. There are times, especially Sundays. There are times that that one, you can do hours. Hallelujah. You can do hours. Then you return to the short, short times. 
Just, and you see, this hour, look, this hour's praying is inside, though. You must also pray. So if you understand something, you can learn to put together your praying and your learning and make it one. So at times, you can be praying, ah, then God will bring up something. So you don't say you finish praying, then you go, no, no. As you are praying, then you are learning. As you are praying, then you are learning. As you are praying, then you put it and then you pray, then you stop and you are learning. Like, you are praying. You see, there's a way that you are praying, but you are still learning. Have you seen that one? Yeah. You can do that. Because you can't do praying time and learning time. All of it, actually, when we put it together, is still the same. So you commit your time to these things. Otherwise, the message won't be anything. That's my point. Anybody that prospered from a message in this place is the one that went and changed something about their life to accommodate the message. True or false? Yeah. If you don't change anything, that message, I guarantee you that message was lost. That message was lost. So if you keep coming to church, the thinking is that you are willing to also change some things, right? Because that's what you come and receive here. Something that you have to then go and change in order to accommodate what you are committing your time to. What you are committing your time to. When I was younger, they say, oh, read the whole Bible in a year. So I bought my mother. Is it my mother? Somebody got me a book. That is for reading the Bible in a year. When I was in SHS. So I was so excited. I'm going to be that person that will read the whole Bible in a year. So we started. Then I realized that I can't, you see. Now, I'm just sharing this with you because some of you also feel like, you see, the thing is to begin a thing and to gather momentum with it, that's normally the difficult part. And because of that, you feel like you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, but you can do it. You can do it. I still haven't read the whole Bible. Hallelujah. Do you see? I've not read the whole Bible. So I'm telling you, see, I've not read everywhere in the Bible. What do you think? Yeah. You two have not read everywhere. Or some of you have even read the whole Bible. Who read the whole Bible before? So that you see that challenge. You can you are far advanced than me. Who read the whole Bible before? Nobody. You two have not read the whole Bible. Oh! Oh! Oh, okay. Who almost read the whole Bible? <laughs> yeah. Where did you reach? Yeah. You escaped some. Yeah. Now, I stopped because I realized it's not realistic. Not to read the whole Bible, but to go about it that way. Okay. So my aim is that I'm reading uh, by the time I realize I've read the whole Bible. Do you get it? Uh-huh. And I'm reading based on how the Lord is teaching me. That's all. So you can also push and begin somewhere. There's a place where you break through, I'm telling you. There's a place where it's like you have too much to learn. Now you say, learn something, you don't even know where to start from. Or you have so much to learn that you don't know which one to pick, you see. (laughs) Now, pick one. Because normally, with things to learn, you think there is so many, okay, so many things, so you can't pick. But when you pick one, some of the things that you think I mean that you also do understand. As you are learning that one thing, you are understanding those things as well. So just pick one. Just pick one. Decide that you are going to sit down and do. And when you sit down, let me explain something. Don't count the hours. Now you say, ah, I'm going to learn for two hours. The moment you think that way, you see, you say, I'm going to learn for two hours. Your heart turns away from 
what the learning is into the glory of having to commit yourself to such a thing for two hours. Anyone who went to pray and said, I'm going to pray for three hours, said, I have from 12 to 10, and I'm going to pray for three hours. I know you didn't succeed. Not to complete the three hours, no. You completed the three hours, but you didn't really pray. Because in that prayer, your heart was turned away from what the prayer was into the glory of being able to pray for that long. So you see now when you can say, hey, I'll be able to pray for three hours, it's like there's an excitement. But you don't need that as excitement. What you need is the process that you are going to go through. You're going to commit yourself to praying. So if you are considering being happy with what you're going to do, be happy with how you are going to seek the Lord and how the Lord will help you. Not happy with how long you would have spent within that period. Please, you understand that? Yeah. You have to look at things that way. So you commit your time. Commit your time. If you don't commit your time, you are going to have problems. What you have received will not benefit you. Hallelujah. Then the spiritual appreciation of time itself, okay, is what makes what I'm saying even more important. Because then you may conclude that, hey, then it means that my eight hours that I spend to sleep you know, is a waste because Charlie, we have not finished seeking God, right? And that if I'm able to spend four hours, it means that I love God only four hours out of 24 is what percentage? Well, one sixth. One sixth is what percentage? <laughs> The specific in my thoughts is that you are calculating that. And I hope if I wait and answer because well, 16%. 16.6. So that's like 17. Okay, okay. So it's like, hey, if I come just 17% of my day to go, like my love for God is just 17%. You understand? No. The time itself. I've already mentioned this here before, but let me just quickly go to that. Time itself represents our state, okay? That's how even how we measure time is according to the Earth's position in relation to the sun, okay? So how we are moving in terms of the rotation of the Earth and its revolution around the sun is how we determine time and seasons. Is that okay? So now the sun is the Lord. It represents the Lord. The Earth represents us. So the measure of time, actually, is the state of the earth in relation to the sun or the position of the earth in relation to the sun. That is how we measure time. Is that okay? Now, spiritually speaking, too, that's how we measure time. We measure time based on our position or our state in relation to the Lord. Now, when your side of the earth is very much facing the sun, like the sun is moving directly perpendicularly to that particular part of the earth. You are at midday, right? That's noon. That's proper facing of the earth. In the same way, now, from there, it's either you are turning to face or you are turning away. Do you get it? When the morning comes and you are facing the sun, then you get to face the sun properly. Then you begin to turn away. Okay? Now, that's how we measure time. Okay? Now, it's the same with spiritual time also. It's according to our position in relation to the Lord. Whether we are facing the Lord, we are turning to face him, or we are turning away from him. When we are facing the Lord, then we are at our full potential. It's like, you see how 
when the sun is hitting the earth at noonday, there is no shadow that is cast. No shadow, right? It's straight. Now, when there is no shadow, it means that the sun is actually hitting the earth directly. Now, it's the same. When the Lord is facing us in our full potential, there is no shadow cast. Because if there's a shadow cast, then there's an aspect of yourself that is still not facing the sun. Do you get it? So if there's no shadow, it means that all of you is facing the sun. Does that make sense? Yeah, so in the same way, we are at our full potential when we are facing the Lord completely. Now, we also, in most cases, are trying to face the Lord. And that is how the day begins, and then it goes like that. So when the day begins, we are moving to the place where we face the sun directly. Then there's also a point where we are declining in spirituality. So we are turning away from the Lord. Now, this is our time. So spiritually, this is time. There's a time when you are approaching the Lord. There's a time when you have met the Lord. And there's a time where you are declining, declining, declining. So these three, okay. There's a fourth one, which has to do with the time that when you have turned away from the Lord completely. But for the spiritual person, your time is measured in these three. When you are turning towards the Lord, when you are facing the Lord, and when you are turning away from the Lord. Now, with the spiritual person, when you are turning away from the Lord, you now quickly come to the place when you start turning towards the Lord. When there is a decline and a total fall, it means that when you were turning away from the Lord, you did not turn back towards the Lord. You continue to turn away from the Lord till you turned away from him completely. Please understand that. So that's how we measure time. So actually, a proper utilization of your time is in these two things. A proper utilization of your time is in these two things. Time spent to turn towards the Lord and time spent in facing the Lord. These two. Or the period that you are turning towards the Lord and the period that you are facing the Lord. Now, the period that you are turning towards the Lord is in your studying, is in your praying, is in your overcoming. You see, so how you are utilizing your time, that's the physical time. How you are utilizing, this is what you are trying to do. You are trying to turn towards the Lord. So if you get the spiritual idea of time, then you can utilize this physical time well. Your time should be to try to turn towards the Lord. You are trying to turn towards the Lord in your understanding of doctrine. You are trying to turn towards the Lord. You are trying to turn towards the Lord in praying and the commitment of yourself to him. You are trying to turn towards the Lord. You are trying to turn towards the Lord in your overcoming, turning away from evils so that you can turn towards him, right? That's what you should be using your day for. Then there is the point where you are facing the Lord. And that is when you have succeeded in some things to turn towards the Lord. So now in facing the Lord, that's what is happening. Said so you are seeking his face, right? Now the Lord is facing you. You and the Lord, you are facing face to face. Face-to-face means that what is in the Lord is now able to find its place in you, right? Now, when you are trying to turn towards the Lord, your aim is that what is in the Lord will find its place in you, right? Anyone that is facing the Lord directly now becomes one through whom the Lord operates. So when you are spending your time to turn towards the Lord, you are also preparing as you face the Lord to now turn towards others so that the Lord will move through you. Like Paul said, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. That's we facing the Lord. So that we may give the light 
That's we giving it out. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of who? Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Please understand that. So the point where it is noonday is also the point where we are doing what is called the work of the ministry. So there is a time we spend in trying to face the Lord and there is a time when we are facing the Lord. When we are facing the Lord, it's not like, ah, Lord. No, it means that the Lord is working through us now. So we say we spend time to prepare ourselves and then we spend time to give ourselves for the operation of the Lord as we have prepared ourselves to receive him. These are the two areas where we utilize time profitably, where we are preparing ourselves. So my question is, are you spending time to prepare yourself? Do you understand that? To understand doctrine, to apply yourself to doctrine, to pray, to commit yourself to the Lord, to invest yourself in prayer. Are you spending time? Because that is time properly spent. Then are you spending time as the Lord operates through you? That's time properly spent. Hallelujah. Time not properly spent is when the earth is turning away from the sun. That is when we now come into the place of decline. It means that even though we are still facing the Lord, something else is creeping in to take our hearts away from the Lord. So some of us, we have experience of having faced the Lord in some time in our lives, and then things creeped in, and now we are perpetually at, let's say, 5 p.m. 5 p.m., there's still some light, but we are in evening. And that's where we have stayed, because some things encroached and have kept us in such a state that we are unable to take our investment of heart from those things so that we can focus it on the Lord. Now, we are not using time well because in our decline, we are giving space to the devil. It's okay to have shadows when you are moving from morning to noonday because the presence of the shadow is only temporal. Okay? Because with time, your effort is to face the sun, right? Your effort is to face the Lord. So with time, those shadows will go away. It is not okay to have shadows when you are declining because the shadows are going to increase because you are yielding yourself more and more to the devil or you are yielding yourself more and more to the world. Hallelujah. Now that is the nature of spiritual time. So if you understand this, then you know how to utilize your time and casa in this world. Because your time properly utilized in this world should be invested in trying to seek the Lord and in allowing the Lord to operate through you. It's as simple as that. So if you spend two hours to study the scriptures, the quality of the two hours is in your desire to understand the ways of God. Not to study so that you will also show us that you have learned something. Or to tell people that you have learned something. Or to feel exalted. What you are trying to do is in the proper spiritual use of time, which is in turning towards the Lord. So if your study of the scriptures, if you're listening to the messages, is fueled by your desire to turn towards the Lord, then you are utilizing the time in a proper way. Hallelujah. If you go to your closet to pray, if that prayer time is influenced by your attempt to align yourself with the Lord, then you are utilizing that time properly. So then if you spend two hours trying to pray, and in those two hours, you're able to successfully, because you are not perfect, you're able to successfully use about 60, 70% of the two hours 
to actually align yourself to the Lord, that is profitable. But if you spend four hours in praying and you use zero of the time to align yourself to the Lord, but yeah, 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 yeah. and all this while you feel exalted in yourself because you are able to commit this time, then there's a problem. Now, my point is not that don't spend four hours because there are times that you will have to. Hallelujah. Because that's also where it comes to. Now, as you begin to commit your time to the Lord, what it will seem is that you are the one committing your time to the Lord. Hallelujah. But as you continue in this and you overcome and you are more yielded to God, now what will happen is that it is the Lord that will control your time. So then there are times that you commit yourself to praying and in your mind you are going to take a one-hour window to pray. And as you pray and the one hour is up, the Lord will not allow you to stop. Please understand that. And you will continue, not against your will, but in line with his will, you continue. Please understand that. In the beginning, you are the one giving your time to God. But at a certain point, it is the Lord that takes the time because he becomes the one that is controlling what is going on. Please, does it make sense? So all this must fall into our consideration when we think about how we utilize our time. Not just the counting of the hours, but what we spend ourselves doing in those hours, which has to be to pursue the Lord or to face the Lord. These two things. And normally it's a combination of both. When we spend our time declining, turning away from the Lord, we are wasting that time. And when we spend our time turned away from the Lord, we are wasting that time. So we will be turning away from the Lord or we have turned and we are living life having turned away from the Lord. That's how come those who have successfully turned away from the Lord, they are dead. They are not operating in heaven's time. They are dead. Hallelujah. They are dead. But those that are alive are those who are either approaching the Lord or have approached the Lord. And in some cases are declining but they are sad that they will turn away from the decline. But that period of decline is a waste. It's a waste. Let me show you a scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise. Hallelujah. See then that ye walk, what? Circumspect. What does it mean to walk circumspectively? That is to be as wise as the serpent, isn't it? It is to walk so that you keep yourself away from danger. That's what it means to be circumspect. It's to deal so that you avoid evil. It's like you don't fall into trap. It means that you have to understand that there are traps that are set for you. But you are being wise in your operation so that you don't fall into traps. And normally circumspection has to do with our external dealing how we deal in this life. Well, there are steps that you will take that will lead you onto a path where you will lose your soul. Hallelujah. So you keep away from those things. So, so see then that ye walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise. 16. Redeeming what? The time, because the days are what? Evil. How is it that the days are evil? The days are evil because many men are spending their life in decline or having declined. That's why the days are evil. The days are evil because men are declining, turning away from the Lord, 
or have turned away from the Lord and they are living their lives as those who don't like the Lord. That's why the days are evil. How do we redeem the time? We redeem the time by taking our investments away from the evil things and investing them in God. So instead of declining and turning away from the Lord or having declined and settling in the life of evil, separate from the Lord, to redeem the time is to now begin to commit our souls to seeking the Lord or to facing the Lord. Hallelujah. It means that time has been redeemed. It's like you've bought back or you've taken away time from an evil usage into a good usage or a spiritual usage. That's what it means to redeem the time. And anybody that hears the word of God, this is your task, is to walk circumspectively. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. It means that as the word of God comes to meet us, we are already stuck in some things, right? So now there is a need for redemption. And I started by explaining to us on the basic level, what am I committing my time to? What am I spending my day on? What am I doing with myself? We must begin to make changes from there. Hallelujah. And the changes must be fueled by the spiritual understanding of time, which is that our effort must be spent in inclining ourselves to the Lord or in facing the Lord. We should turn away from declining from the Lord or separating ourselves from the Lord. We should turn away from that and give our life to incline ourselves or pursuing the Lord and also to facing the Lord. That's what it means to redeem the time. And that is what the Lord is calling on us to do. Anyone that is striving for mastery knows how to use their time. Hallelujah. If you want to be Mr. Ghana or a Ghana's strongest, the time that you spend in the gym is longer than the time I spend in the gym. So when I see that you are in the gym whilst I'm living, I am comfortable. Because I consider, ah, why are you in the gym and I'm living? Then I remember that you want to be Ghana's strongest, but I don't want to be what? Ghana's strongest. Then it's like you are leaving the class and then someone is still learning. He gives you a choice to make. You say, oh, this person that is learning, what are they going to become as they are learning, right? Then if you check and you say, I need to, this is what I want to become, then you stay. Has someone made you stay before? <laughs> Has someone made you stay before? Oh, yeah. As you're going, ah, king, 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 break time, break time. Then, oh, a guy is there has taken his notebook and when we're in JHS, people used to do it to us. Break time. Oh, break time. Let's just go and hang around. Break time, so the meeting to the table. Book Danenando. No, shian. Hey! Well, you said this is not he's doing, you know. He's committing time. Do you understand? So it will yield a certain result. Do you get it? Especially when the BC Eba. BC is coming. So say, hey! Ten ones. This is what nine ones, right? Nine ones. Then you also check if you also want nine ones. Right? If you want nine ones, you sit down. Or you try to say, oh, when I go home, I will also learn. You see? Then at times we also say, oh, we, we didn't come and we came for the connections. And, and some of us, our own is music. 
like SHS, people are doing music and are only so. It's like you give yourself an excuse and then you go away. Do you understand? Yeah. So what will you also do? What you want to become, there's a certain commitment that is required. You can look at that and commit yourself. So if you may even see some of your friends trying to do this that we are talking about, and it shows you that, hey, child, you are playing. So instead of being inspired, so you says, hey, then let me also do this. And that's a powerful thing, that you are trying to fool and somebody's righteousness made you stop, and then you also continued on the right path. But just like the way we used to persecute those that learn too much, say, hey, hey, this had to go for break, go for break. And it's not like you like the person and you want the person to go and like rejuvenate himself or herself and no, no, you feel too condemned. So you want to remove the source of your condemnation. So go and sleep, go and sleep, go and sleep. Or go and rest. Break time is good. Like it's good to fellowship with your friends. You can become anti-soul all the time. But we want to be Ghana's strongest. Dizzy. We want to be Ghana's strongest. Hey. We want to be Ghana's strongest. So we are committing the time. So what you are doing now, what you are committing time to now, what are you trying to become? Do you get it? Because you become it. You become it. If you spend your days buried in some foolish information, you are prepping yourself up. I keep telling people that actually many people are being built up from a young age to become adulterers. You see? It's like they are being prepared that way. And you see it in what they invest their time into. You see it. What they commit themselves into. The kind of material that they commit themselves to. You are being prepared for something. Hallelujah. In the same way, if you also commit yourself to good material, you are being prepared for something. That's how it is. That's how it is. So what are you going to do? We are striving for mastery. It's in time. That's what you have to trade. What are you going to do with your time? Starting from what? Today. What you have to do is that the first thing that comes into your mind, hey, stop this thing and use your time for this. That is the first one you should do. Don't begin to negotiate quickly. Don't begin to say, oh, but if I do this, then it will become this, or someone will not be happy. Or That's the end of you. What are you going to use your time for? When you wake up in the morning, what are you doing? What are you doing? In the course of the day, what are you doing? Remember, it is all our hearts, right? All our souls. All our minds. All our strength. Are you going to make adjustments? Are you sure? Our time. You see, that's why I spent a lot of time on the simple one. The simple one is the time. Let's start from there. Then we begin to look at the quality of the time. What are you going to do? I tell you, it's time. 
It's time. It's time. You see, if you see someone who is wise, who has some depth of wisdom or knowledge you don't have, the difference is that Ono Wakoho, he has spent his time to enter those places and you have not spent your time to go there. That's simple. That's simple. Right now, if we want to call upon you to deliver something powerful to humanity, and we are to look at what you have spent your time to build yourself into. What will you be delivering? What will you be delivering? Like it's by force. You can't deliver something else other than what you have spent your time to build yourself up into. What will you be delivering? Conconsa. <laughs> Some of us, that's what we'll be delivering. No, when we hear Konkonsa, we one day I was on Facebook and I saw something. Hey, this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Come and gather here. Come and gather here. I didn't know that that's what people do. It's like maybe I write something on Facebook. Then in the comment section, maybe person not come to comment. And then he mentions this, and everybody's saying, say, Come and let's gather here. So they see it in their notification this thing, right? And then they come. <laughs> Somebody said, let me leave my dot here. Dot. Dot. It's like, as you have put your dot there, whatever goes on there, you'll be notified and then, wow. So we are wise in things, so. <laughs> so, like, what we are looking for you to deliver something. This is your intelligence, so. How to leave your dot somewhere so that whatever goes on there. So if your intelligence is setting bellies of the internet where strange things occur. So your best you can offer is that when we want to understand bad people, you are like that criminal that is the friend of the police. You can give information about, because you, it's like, yeah, but we don't arrest you, you are close to the police. So you give, that's your best. That's your best. That's your best. Some of you, it's natural wisdom. Wisdom from motivational speakers. One of the things that surprises me, like I go to some of you and say, what you're writing there, the best you can write is motivational speech. Say, hey, hallelujah. The best you can write. The best you can write. The best you can write. Be... What? Motivational speech. Anybody that has ascended knows that there is a wisdom that will replace motivational speech. Nobody has followed motivational speech and gotten anywhere in their life before. You know, yes, nobody, nobody, nobody. If you want to tell me that your life has turned for the better because of listening to motivational messages, just show up now. And let me explain to you that that is not how come your life has turned for the better. Hey! So if we want to, because look, me, you see, when you have spent time digging out gold and we find you, it is gold that we will find you with. You understand that? When you have spent your time digging out silver and we find you, it is silver that we will find you with. When you have spent your time digging up debt, and we find you, it is also a debt that will find you. We can use debt for something. 
What are some of the things you can use dirt for? You can use it to make pot. You can use it to make atapami. Yes, we can use it to make what? What? Oven. Water and that. Is water and that atapami? Water and uh -huh, that thing. Water and that. So it's powerful, right? But you see, and who wants to live in an atapami building? Wow. That's my point. Motivational speech is wattle and dab at a army building. But when you have spent your time digging gold, there's a speech. Hey, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. Yes, there's a do it drops like the rain. Eh? My speech shall distill as the dew, huh? as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. There is a speech that is described like this. It is not called motivational speech. You are better than that. I know when people sell things, they like to. One of the people that give motivational speech a lot is those who sell dogs. What are the name of the matter? I be powerful. I say, hey, if you are this and this, you are this. Hey, it takes this and this and hey. You know, I. Hmm. I find something wrong with those who talk like that. I feel like it's sound bite, right? Because if your aim is to convert to play, you give more than a very nice sounding statement. Because you wonder if they understand. You wonder if they understand, how would they apply it? It's not that it sounds nice, oh, wow. No. We can do better than that. I know when you sell things, it seems nice. So normally I see it after your suit, then it's there. But after that, put something else. Because you are more than that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can't spend our time gathering this thing. We are going to do something else, right? So if you spend time putting certain things, hey. Hmm. What do you think? That like you have to be careful of me. Eh? Like, <laughs> I know some of you will have or will do your status and I can't see it. <laughs> to the end, that's what will happen. If I don't see it, you see, you are still in trouble. Hallelujah. Let's begin to commit our time. Let's begin to commit our time. So if I know where you are, whether you are turning away from the sun, you are in decline. I spy your status, I know. Yes, I. Some of you, I know when you are ascending. I spy your status, I know. Like this one, like this. I can spy your status, I know. Hey, Radi, hey, Radi, hey, Radi. <laughs> you see, it's not that the status, bad things are written there. But when good things cannot come also, and it's natural things, we know you are in trouble. But I said, if you have got that good, it is God who will find you with. But when it's natural things, you know, like some of you, when we're doing metanoia, that's when you like church. I knew that metanoia will have to end one of these days, and we don't do metanoia again. Yes, I was talking to Pastor Tim, we're all in agreement why metanoia in the way it is should change. 
It's a sign that you love the world. So somehow the church has created a thing with which your love for the world can be sustained. So we canceled it. If you can't do your project work and those things because we don't do metanoia, then Hallelujah. Yeah. So then you spy. Where is that spirit? Do you get it? Where is that spirit? Our women. You see, like, hey! Hey! at times you are just looking for somebody to lament to. Because, and you say, like, at the end of bros, like, you see, yeah, yeah, and you walk, and what's that thing? <laughs> Is that it? And so, a tie up on Chenyage. So, I thought, hey! My point is that the thing, if you tell me, oh, Pastor, what is wrong with this? I will not point out to you directly what is wrong in what you are saying. But how have you, you, you are better than this. How is that you have been able to put such a low grade, low level, eh, dust, serpent things there? When you could have put angelic things. Is it not? <laughs> is it not with angelic things that you are being raised? At times, are you put, at times, uh, doesn't it bother because everybody sees your status. At least, what is Akra? Like, don't who fell You see, if you could even find reason to hide it, I'll see that you have made progress. You are at least then you see that this is not something that people should identify you with. The other side. But you are, hey! But these days it's better. It's better. Then we say, hey, Charlie, okay, progress is being made, right? Let me see if I can do a final status. This recent status. Recent. You know the things I put on my status? Two things. Dogs. <laughs> and then Nyansasem. That's all. At times, even when I'm putting a dog here, listen to the song. At times, I'm putting it here. And I'm whistling. Listen to the song that is behind the destiny. It's for a reason. You see, but, but you, mm, you know my status, how I write my status. I'll be going there and say, Then I take my destiny. So a lot of my, it's like, pa, 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 I write it and I put it there. Or I write it in notes. So when I get time, I can cut it and put it there. Do you see? Because yeah. something mm, has come. That will be a blessing to whoever will do this. But you want to do. The shocking part of me is the men that like to put themselves on their status. I mean, the women, we get it. You see, because women are like that. Do you get it? Uh -huh. And we don't have to stop them totally, we have to mold it for it to become better. You get it. Uh -huh. But for a man, it's like you have left us. <laughs> is it? We can't count on you. Say, what kind of human being are you? What person are you posted? Don't know. I don't know. 
You see, it's as if some people don't have pictures that they will post to. They have pictures. Oh, but why? Why will I post it? Why will I post it? It's like there came a time where even on Facebook, you post a picture and you write something powerful. That's it. What is your picture doing? If you want to write something powerful, just write it. And some of you women, you can't take a proper portrait picture. You have to uh, do this. So whilst your face faces here, your back is like, I don't know what shape is that. It's like a U, uh, you get it. Your lower part is facing, if your face faces here, your back should face here, right? But now you can take a picture where your face and your back are facing in the same direction. You see, it's like, I was, oh, what have you, also, it's just a pose, right? No. You are investing your time into certain things. By something, at some point, we see that you are declining or you have declined. Because those that have not declined, they don't do things like that. They don't do things like that. Hallelujah. What do you think? Oh, pastor, what reason? Like, I don't think you have any reason. If there's a reason why Pictures should be taken like that. Because picture they were nimne yeka, we chidi yeka, ebiswa we chidi. No, like why do you want to cut your back? Like who person would come with chisa and fire then? Hallelujah. So let's take our time back. Let's begin to recover our time from all these things, our hearts from these things. We we'll have enough time to invest it in what will build us up. We have enough time to invest it on what will build us up. Hallelujah. We have enough time to invest it. And that's what God is looking for from us. I pray that we'll be courageous in this wise. That we'll be bold. That what the Lord is bringing now, that's the one we'll go and do. Let's not negotiate around it. Let's go and take the steps now. Thank you. When you wake up, your happiness. You see, at times you wake up and you're looking for a happiness with which to go through the day. Do you also do that? I mean, I think it's natural. Like, what would the day bring? So if your happiness is that you are in the middle of a certain TV series. Do you see? So as you are coming to church, your excitement was not that you come to church, hear the word of God, and be held by the word of God. Your excitement is what happens after church. Do you see? So as you are going... Go and remove that TV series from there. What do you think? Yeah. Or, no, no, let me just finish it quickly. And this is my last, right? No. Just end it. So, shouldn't I watch TV series again? No, 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 you can't. But this one, just end it. What do you think? Yeah, because let me tell you. There will be a time where you have found your way uh, you can watch one or two. Then you are moving and you can watch one or two. You get, but here that you are on this slippery slope. It's like you are addicted to uh, a, a cigarette and then you are there, you are so secondary uh, smoker. Well, it's not anybody. I said, I'm in to your By the time you realize you are also smoking. You get it? So just end it so you liberate yourself. Take your power back. Shouldn't you be offended? That you woke up and you're looking for something to make you happy and it was not the impending word of God. 
It is the fact that you eat fufu. <laughs> Some people eat fufu after. It's not you that I'm talking about. You see? So that's why I didn't want to. It's like, but now that I've clarified the thing, you see, somebody can, or maybe among those that will eat the fufu after church, maybe there are some of you that your joy, your joy, the whole day, you are aware of God is there. Yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> okay. You see, and to me, it's problematic. But if I wake up and I'm looking at what will happen in the day, and my excitement is like, hey, like, okay, there's a match. No, there's a problem. There's a problem. My heart has gone too much. But the whole day, what about what I can become? What about what I can know from the Lord? What about the right things that can be done? Why is it that those things are not making me excited about the day? Hallelujah. Yeah, there's a problem. Not that you will never eat it again. But at this point, you want your power back. Do you get it? So you stop it. And then when you are finished stopping it and you have control, in the future you can. So, okay, there's a better reason to eat it now. Hallelujah. Let's take this thing up. I think this is befitting for our first message after the new year. Hallelujah what we are going to use our time for. What we are going to use our time for. When you are there, no, pray small. You see, there's the prep prayer. You see, prep. Then you are back to normal. Do you see? Then you are back to normal. Then there is the Charlie. Everything stop. Then marathon one, you go through. But you can't just be there. Hey. Hallelujah. What are you going to do? Your wedding is coming. You are in a very difficult position. <laughs> when you wake up, it's wedding that is coming now. We should wait for you, right? When you finish your wedding, then this message becomes relevant. When you apply it now. Please, who is going to do something about this? Put, put okay. Now, out of you, I want five people to tell me practically what they are going to do. See, it's not, oh, I wish to do something. What are you going to do? I'm curious. What are you going to do? Yes. It's a good time to share, okay? So don't hold back. It's not because you want to know the details of your life. You just want to know that you are trying to do something and someone will be encouraged by it. Hallelujah. Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll intentionally take time. Intentionally take time to read. Yeah. You see, it's not that reading that you are in a car reading, but I will take pen yes. and read them. Yes. If there is a need to even chew, I will chew it. Yes. To remember. Yes. And then I'm also going to intentionally take time to be conscious of certain things yeah. that are happening in my in my life. Okay. So let's say it's happening, maybe unconsciously it's happening, I didn't see. But I'll note and see when it will happen again. Okay. Or its process of it happening. Okay. okay. And then see how best if it's something that is drawing me back, okay. see how best I can avoid it all. Going to wow. prayer about it. Wow. And then they are saying, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, the rest is okay. But these are, I mean, it's powerful. I mean, you know, if you just decide that you will read it, do you know what will come out of it? Like, what will come out of it? Many things that are not reading will come out of reading. Hmm. 
Okay. Pastor, for mine, I yeah. started this week. Okay. I realized that working from home is a difficult thing. Okay. You think you have the whole time, but by the time you realize, it's like five above. Literally, the people who went to work are also coming back. Okay. So the step I took this week was to actually in our home we are trying to read one book every month. So oh, we started wow. in January. Wow. But when I started reading the book, I opened myself up to another book. Okay. So I realized that myself that I'm reading two books. Okay. So I've started making my time in such a way that when I wake up, I'm behaving like I'm going to work. Okay. Uh-huh. So because of that, when I wake up, I pray. I started reading the book, find a break time within the day. Okay. So that I like to send a I'm applying it in a such a way and it has really helped me join I'm praying that I'll continue with the reading. Okay. And that, how that's powerful. the day will go for me. That's powerful. You know, you can ah Adiasa. Oh. In Kemesen your China. Right. Then three days later, you don't even remember that Adiasa you are back to normal. So it's important to plan some of these things out. Hallelujah. Yeah. There'll be a point where it will become a free-flowing thing now. You realize that there's a certain inbuilt timetable that you're operating with. But as it is not like that, force it to be like that. You see, force it to be like that. Hallelujah. Yes. Pastor, normally after church, before even I go home, the moment I step down, I open to YouTube and I'm watching Fox Recaps. Fox Recaps, what's that? Like, they shorten a long movies into, let's say, 10, 15, 20. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I've been doing. But during the special program, you mentioned overindulgence. Yeah. yeah. And that was when I took note of what I had been doing. So what I did, I've started. It's really difficult now, but I've uninstalled YouTube from my phone. Wow. So I would not be tempted to open to that one. Yeah. And I realized as I stopped myself from watching YouTube, but it was like more of a consistent thing. I watch so I get to. Wow. Yeah. From this series. Like it doesn't finish. No, when it finishes, I open another one. You open another one. Yeah. So. Okay. Like as I stopped myself from watching the videos, I realized this week, in as much as I have time to do other important things, like the same drive is driving me to read stories on Facebook. Okay. So now what I'm trying. It has shifted to. Okay. The enemy has not gone. It has just changed location. Okay. So now the prayer is that. As I'm going, I know for Facebook I can't uninstall like how I just did with YouTube. But I'm praying as to how to moderate it so it doesn't affect me yeah. in the other way. Yeah, so now as you are reclaiming the time, invest the time in other things. The thing about the good thing is that it also gathers momentum so that it now choose all the other time. So if maybe you are just stopping the YouTube and you are there, do yet it's, it's not good. If you are stopping it, then invest that time. So now in the car going home, what are you doing? Are you going over the message? Are you planning what you are going to do with the message? Are you listening to another message? Do you get it? Uh -huh. Then you find that even the YouTube one, there's no time for it again. 
do your thing. There's no time for it again. So one of the things that I like to do is that anytime I'm doing something that involves movement, I want something to be in my ears, except I want to think. Do your thing. And I've used that to cover a lot of grounds. You see, I've used that to listen to many, many, many messages just by doing that. Because like normally, that's when Elder Peter is not around. My morning routine is I go and clean the dogs, right? And that's like one hour, one hour, 30 minutes. That's a message all the time. Something is playing, something is in my pocket. You get it's playing, 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 it's playing. When I finish, I continue with it. Do you get it? <laughs> so in the end, you are filling up the little, little spaces. But it's said that the fire also increases and takes over some other unintended spaces as well. You get it? Uh -huh. And for me, the key is for God to occupy your heart so that even in doing other things, he is still the reason. You get it? And when we get there, we are done. Like we are not done like we are, it means that we have hit the mark. Hallelujah. But that's powerful. That's powerful. Some of you have to go off Netflix, right? In the same way. Because I'm not saying that everybody should go off Netflix. Please you understand that. But some of us, our problem, no, we just have to look at the thing and delete it. See? Yes, delete it, right? Uh, and then move on with your life. Then in the future, when you settle, you can now, with a lot of control, bring it back. You get it. Or you may never bring it back. Who knows? You may find that there's happiness without it. You thought there was no happiness. Please, where are we? So, I think that one thing that I've been wanting to do that I think I have to continue is to also, you know that the scriptures mean something more than the literal thing, uh -huh, but you can tell someone that, oh, it means something else, but you don't know really what it means. What yeah. it means. Uh -huh, and there's opportunity to, that as you come and teach, you explain. To start from there, that as you've explained, I'll start from there to also learn, go further, go further with it. Uh -huh. So that I can also, because with what I want to do and what I feel the Lord has called me to do, also means explaining the sense of the scriptures, explaining what yeah. it means, knowing what it means, knowing the depth of the scriptures. And one way is to also learn it from you as mm. you teach it. So to note the scriptures, to note the explanation, and then begin my search from there to, yeah. to understand and to know that this is what it means. And then to have like that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. to that, it's not just be that, oh, there is something in it, but you can't really say what is in it. Like yeah. it could be more powerful if you can also say what is in it and True. can lead people to also understand the scriptures. And you know, that thing, uh, one of the major things you should add to this is constant lamentation that why is it that this person can see it and I can't see it? You see, there are some things you can't pursue by just pursuing. You have to be like crying unto God to help you see it as well. You get it? Uh -huh. It's very important. It's very important. One day I cried after something. Uh, then I'm sure the way the information came, I'm sure the Lord said, Charlie, this boy. <laughs> it was like, is it that scripture? Who shall ask of his father to give him bread and give him stone? To give him fish and then he'll give him what? Serpent. To give him egg, you give him scorpion. So if you being evil, know how to give good gift to your others, how shall not your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to? So now, anytime I'm coming to lament, 
descriptor is that so it's okay. Let's move on. You see. So my point is that before what you are even wanting to see can happen, you require a certain faith. And at times to seek the Lord and to please the lamentation is not like you are worrying God. Though. It's like it's a way of you humbling yourself before God, okay? And it helps if you go about it that way. You get it. And then also, those of you who listen to messages. The best way to listen to message is to also take directions from the message. You get it? For instance, if I'm listening to a message and I hear something I don't know, okay, I note it down because from there, that's what I go to learn. Do you get it? If I hear of a book that maybe the preacher refers to, I write the name of the book down. From there, I go and read that book. Not to go and look for it. I go and read it. Please, you understand that? So... Just by listening to a message, you can know many things. At times, you may not even know where to start from. All that you may have is a message. But those messages, as you listen, if you note, at times, we just listen and say, ah, I've come to the end of the message. No, you are following it step by step. So if something is mentioned, I've read books, okay, and I've stopped to try and incorporate some of the words in the book into my sentences. Yeah, so me, I speak and I use certain phrases for a reason. When I was learning the things I was learning, those phrases were not part of my speaking. Do you get it? I intentionally, because I felt like there was no better way of expressing those things. So I'll stop, try to make a statement and incorporate that word or that phrase into that statement to see how it will go. So I used to even do that. So it's not just that you read the book. Remember, you're not reading to say that you have also read something. Yes, and you are trying to incline yourself to God. And at times, some of these little, little things will help you. Yeah. Hallelujah. What I'm also going to do is to have periods where I do nothing, but I'm arranging doctrine yeah. in my mind so that I can have a coherent understanding. Yeah. I attempted it last week and... It didn't work. Oh. I didn't succeed because I easily reach out for my phone okay. in that period to idle on it or do something. But I'm going to do it this week and from now to be able to have coherent understanding of things. When you start like that uh, and you reach out for your phone, what will happen is that then you could have spent maybe one hour doing this effectively. Okay. But then you may end up spending four hours. But what I would suggest is that even if you reach out for your phone, and you see how you freeze that phone, put it down and do it. So you are satisfied with what you have done. That's when maybe instead of spending one hour, you would have spent four hours. But eventually, it will not be that you will always spend four hours. Because you are learning to also put your phone down. Other than that, if you tie learning to put your phone down to being able to do this thing, it means that in your mind, you put this one on hold. So you have control over not taking up your phone. You get it. But mix it. Like, okay, so you, are there, oh, you pick your phone. You realize, ah, what am I? Put it down. Continue. So you are satisfied with the consideration. But I mean, it will seem as though then you've wasted some time on the thing. You get it. But it will be worth it with time. You get a hand. Because at times, you are breaking a habit with another habit. You get it. Uh-huh. So the phone that you pick is just, is, at times, you are not even thinking. It's just, by default, you pick it. So with time, if you remember and put it down, if you remember and put it down with time, you will not pick it by default again. Yeah, so mix it up. 
I know if you get my point. Yeah. Next time, then keep at it. But this is, I remember when we SS, we used to have this, what was it? Is this student forum or school forum? The other headmaster and those who come and sit there, they will all gather there and we'll be sharing our ideas and we'll be saying what you, this student forum, school forum, okay. Then there was this guy who came and said one day he was sitting on the school field meditating. And that thing, our headmaster took it. He said, hey, it's a good thing. He said, I remember when you said, we were we just thinking, well, those who say meditating, like lodge, lodge, lodge. And they used to tell that that man probably, Ocolodge. Uh -huh. So as he was so excited about the fact that the guy is meditating, but me thinking back, wow, you can just go and sit somewhere and meditate. That's powerful. I wish we all started early. We'll be wiser and deeper than we are. So to sit down and to just consider things, it's a powerful thing. But you see, if your aim is to just let people see that you're up to something, you won't be able to do it too. But when somebody comes see that you are sitting down. <laughs> Who cares, right? Yeah, it's what you are becoming that is important. It's what you are becoming. So you take time too for that. There are time in your own. You must take time for all these things. And there's no time. There's no time. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm also going to take steps to intentionally read okay. and understand and also make notes. Okay. And then memorize as well. So that during the day I'll try and be meditating on what I've read. Okay. So that the Lord can help me understand. Okay. And I'm also going to take steps to pray, intentionally pray. Okay. And then try the short time prayers too. Okay. And then also I'm going to Go over my notes every day after church. Hey. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm going to try it. I'm going that. to try it. It's yeah. powerful. Usually I have it in mind that I'm going to do it within the week, but it doesn't happen. Okay. So I feel like if I do it immediately, immediately yeah. after church, it's going to heal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's powerful. It's when you read, uh, write in your head first before you write in your notes. Okay. It's very important. Write in your head first. Because in the end, your note is not you. you get it. At times, we can deceive ourselves. Oh, as we are afraid that we have written some things, it means that we've done well. But the key is that the things will be in you. So I'd rather read and try to think on it and replicate what I've read in my mind. Then some few things that may come out of it that I find very salient, I'll write it down. So do it that way. It will help. And the same thing even with the messages. Your notes that you make. If when you try to go over the message by first looking at your notes that you've made, it will not succeed. It will be a dry thing. Go initially into your mind as to what happened in church with the message. And try to, like, it's a relieve what happened and the things that you've heard. And then as you are doing it, you can be referring to some of the things that you wrote down. It's better that way. It means that that one, even when you are on your way, you can do it, and then you'll be referring. Uh -huh. But if you just go and say, ah, you understand why you're some of the things you're fitting. But if you relive what happened and you try to appreciate the message and all that, and you go to what you're fitting, now it will make more sense to you. Hallelujah.
So first that I've realized that I'm like I just care about a lot of things, like a lot of important things that I have to do day one, not one day. So okay. that's something that I've yeah. intentionally decided to do that. Anything that comes like the messages after church, I'm going to listen to it again and then the actions that I must take to must like I take it like right away, but not to wait and then do it later. The later one here doesn't work. All of us have tried it before. I don't know who has not tried it before. The later one, we have all tried it before. It doesn't work. Wow. That's powerful. You close with us. Yeah, so first I have, I remember oh. you preached about maintaining spiritual fire. Okay. So I know that like I have moments, maybe like maybe two weeks, yeah, like the zeal is there, and then suddenly like yeah. you lapse out of it. So this time I was like, I'm being mindful about it. Um, so within those two weeks, like I just think, what do I do to keep that fire up? And then rather try to think of like doing it the entire year. So I have this thing where like when I wake up, like first three, four hours, I don't really respond to messages, no emails, no YouTube, no WhatsApp. And then I try to do like most of my things in the morning. So now I'm trying to do like first 30 minutes, like after I wake up, I try to read it like, and then also get into the scriptures. And then the time cleaning around, maybe like washing down, I'll probably be playing at seven or something mm-hmm. to play. So when I start my day like that, at least, and if I am able to maintain that, then I'm sure that at least oh. this year they are there. Okay. We take it, we take it, we take it. Not totally convinced, but we take it, we take it at least it's something. Okay. God is going to do marvelous things with us, but it's going to start from this kind of commitment. Hallelujah. Everybody knows that the reason why they are not what it is that they feel they could be is because they have not done what it takes to become that thing, right? This year, that's all that we want to do want to do what it takes. And if we die, let us die, right? If we die, let us die. Whatever price that we pay, let us pay. Because to become what it is that you can become is also addictive. Because when you start becoming it, you realize that that's all you want to become. So let's break through and let's begin to do those things. And you find that that's all that we want to do. Hallelujah. So if you, when you are, like he said, he'll be on and he'll be off. You can actually so go into this that you still go off. Everybody goes off. You get it. I go off. Everybody goes off. But you can lay your life in such a way that when you are off, you are still within a certain time. Like you, see, you have laid your path. You get it. So when you are off, you are still within. So it's not an off-off. It's still a sustainable off till you come back. But if you don't immerse yourself into these things, well, when you are off, you may not come back. You need a revival to come back. You get it? So let, let's, let's, that's why we take some things out of our lives quickly. Some things we don't engage with again. We just, so that our life, your life will become dry, right? It's okay. Let it become dry. You won't die. We read about it, right? So they wandered about in caves and in deserts. They were what? In dens. They were destitute. Said the world was not worthy of them. Hebrews chapter 11. So, to, that's what we want to do. We want to be cavemen. 
and women. What do you think? Like I've seen something, what will become? And I really believe that all of us will be able to get there. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord will help us. May the Lord strengthen all of us. May he strengthen us to do what we have decided to do. May grace, abundance of grace rest upon us. In the name of Jesus. May we truly redeem the times. In the name of Jesus. May we take away the investment of our times from things that don't profit and reinvest them in things that profit in the name of Jesus. May we give all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our mind, all of our strength to the Lord in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you as you go to do this. May he be with you. May he be a constant reminder as to why it is profitable to walk this way in the name of Jesus. And may you have victories. Victories that will spare you on to go for more victories in the name of Jesus. May you have victories. More victories. Victories that will spare you on to go for more victories in the name of Jesus. May the enemy not be able to draw you back. May you not become as those who touch the plow and turn back in the name of Jesus. May you go on May you follow on to know the Lord. May you strive, not as one that beats the air. May you strive lawfully. And may you become that which the Lord has called you to become. Oh, so much. The light of God will shine. It will shine through us. What God is trying to do will not be stuck with him. It will progress through us. The new church will be built. It will be built through us. We shall affect our nation. We shall become strong men and strong women. In the name of Jesus, men and women of the spirit, strong in spirit, strong in spirit, immovable, unshakable. People who can stand whatever the world throws at them. In the name of Jesus, Mighty at heart, mighty men and women, bringing forth divine results in the name of Jesus. The Lord shall be pleased with us because we shall be men and women of faith. The Lord shall be pleased with us in the name of Jesus. Angels are released for our sake that they may help us in this resolve, in this work. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord visit us individually and may he give us individually reason why we must walk this path, this path of consecration. In the name of Jesus, may our eyes open individually. May the Lord visit you. In the name of Jesus. Ah, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.